It's Wednesday, January 29th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Dave Meyer, and from Fool.com, Evan New. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks sure. for having us. Uh, everybody survived the State of the Union address. I know it's a, typically a big party night. People, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I heard a bunch of uh, a bunch of pundits going back and forth with each other on Bloomberg. So yeah. that that's my that's the extent of my uh, uh, my State of the Union. Yeah, my uh, wife address. was watching it. I didn't really catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife was like, ah, "Do you want to watch?" No, not really. <laughs> not really. Not really. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Uh, we've got earnings from Boeing and Yahoo. We will dip into the full mailbag. Let's start with Boeing. Fourth quarter. Boeing. <laughs> fourth quarter. They they it looked good, Dave. They beat on the killed it top and bottom line, and yet, as of this moment. The stock is down about 5%, and because it is one of the 30 stocks in the, in the Dow <laughs> Index, it is single-handedly responsible for roughly half of the Dow's loss today. Yes. Uh, you know, that's what you get when you're playing the expectations game and you don't meet uh, forward expectations. That's where the decline is from. You're exactly right. They had uh, very nice gro- sales growth during the uh, the fourth quarter, um, up 6% to Eighty-six point six billion, um, and I'm sorry, that was for the full year. Um, but uh, um, you, when you come out and you say, you know what, things are looking a little, things are looking a little light. We're not going to grow as fast as uh, as as you think we are next quarter. The market just doesn't like it. We've seen a lot of that, uh, not just from Boeing, but a lot of companies um, doing good. This, you know, great numbers this quarter. Little tepid guidance going uh, going forward, and yet when you consider Boeing is essentially part of a duopoly, it's not easy for you and I to go out and, and start our own airline. <laughs> oh come business. on! Um, I'm I know one- something about airplanes. We could do it. <laughs> I'm wondering if today is a buying opportunity because this is a, this is a company that, for all the headline problems with the Dreamliner 787 battery fires, yep. it didn't affect the stock. The stock just kept going off. Kind of surprising. It is, it is kind of surprising, and yet uh, I think that's where you step back and go, oh, wait, this is a massive business yep. with billions and billions of dollars worth of back orders. I was going to say, so you, you, thanks for stealing my thunder. I'm sorry. But it's, <laughs> because there's two numbers here that will take care of it. Um, 5,080 planes valued at $374 billion in backlog. So yeah, you can look, there's, there will be, a, uh, there will always be a demand for, for planes. Um, the new designs are becoming more and more fuel efficient. And it's a, it's a wise investment for airlines to upgrade their fleet in order to save costs. That's, that's how the game is played. And you're right. You're only going to, <laughs> you know, you're only going to a few people and Boeing happens to be one of them and they happen to be pretty darn good at what they do. Let's move over to Yahoo. Fourth quarter revenue fell nearly 2%. Uh, not surprisingly, Evan, uh, stock down this morning. Um, d- display advertising was down more than 5.5%. This is uh, this is just not a great quarter for Yahoo. Uh, after after a really great <laughs> early run for Marissa uh, Mayer, and we've talked about this before, great first year as CEO. Could hardly have gone better, but that only ratchets up the pressure 
in the second year and this how bad is this well i think that you know a lot of the you know gains over the past year have been a lot you know largely related to alibaba and their stake in alibaba and also just optimism around Mercer meyer like you talked about and yeah so last quarter display you know ad revenue was um, 491 million down back six percent and you know for the first year or so of mayor's tenure like she had this vision of really circling back and start focusing on the products and design, you know, really appealing to the consumer, which is you know, in a, in strategically a smart thing, in, in my opinion. There are new apps. Like, they've done a ton of new mobile apps. They're all really great apps. They're very engaging. They're designed really well. But eventually, you have to bring it back to the business. And, you know, wh- you have to put up the numbers eventually. And right now, she, you know, Yahoo is not with this, these display ads. And the um, you know, Outlook wasn't too great either. I mean, they're, you know, I think there's just a lot to be desired with the actual, you know, eventually you got to put up ad numbers. Yeah, the honeymoon's over. Right. <laughs> the honeymoon is over. I mean, that, she's been on board for about 18 months and it's, yeah. Uh, you know, she's, she's, she's placed, you know, she's placed her bets. Her bets are um, celebrity talent, you know, people like Katie Couric to come in and, you know, create content and, and David uh, Pogue. David Pogue. Um, she's made acquisitions. Uh, Tons of them, you know, a lot of things to stop, stop counting them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, her bets have they're on the table, and now it's a matter of uh, you know, just like Evan said, it's a matter of uh, um, generating the whatever revenue you expected from them. You know, she's she's optimistic. You know, her quote was uh, this. You know, um, we had uh, they they had good traffic growth. Um, that unfortunately didn't lead to as much revenue growth, but she says that's an early sign of return on our investment. So, one of the other bets she did place though was on the employees at Yahoo. Yahoo just seemed like one of those companies for years that was the talent drain was a problem because people were leaving to go to Google, to go to Facebook, to go to other smaller startups, that sort of thing. So part of the turnaround was her looking at the corporate culture and saying, well, what can I do to reinvigorate the staff? I I remember reading um, her saying something at some point being, you know, because there's this this talent drain, like you mentioned, and there really wasn't a whole lot she could do to stop it, like, quickly. So that's why they've been buying all these companies, because we might as well just buy the talent, because then we can get them in there. That's, like, an easy way to get really good developers uh, on board internally. And, of course, certainly, you know, the stock gains over the past year are always good for more Allison's most Absolutely. employees have some and, and what I've read from what I've read in the uh, in the financial press I, I think uh, the, the, the tendency is for people to say yes she actually has done uh, good things to improve the culture to, to get things back going in, in the right direction and to her credit and maybe one of the reasons I'd be willing to give her a little more time is that is the first problem you have to solve right um, and so, you know, if she, you know, in, in 18 months, if she's um, changed the direction of that vector, um, that's pretty good because it ain't easy to change a big company like that. Facebook reports after the market <laughs> closes today. Um, we're obviously I'm not expecting to see a decline in ad sales. <laughs> well, I, 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 I am Mobile curious about life. that, though. I am curious about that um, because... Someone could look at Yahoo's results and say, well, wait a minute, what, what is Facebook going to put up? On the other hand, someone could look at this and say, well, where is that money going? Companies are still advertising. Oh, yeah. So are they instead yeah. just shifting. shifting it over to Facebook? Do you think – so do you, 
specifically about Facebook, Dave, do you look at these numbers? Do you read anything in these tea leaves? Or do you just say, no, Yahoo is Yahoo. Facebook is a separate company. And to try and extrapolate anything out of Yahoo's results and what it might mean for Facebook for when they report in several hours is crazy. So, no, I I do think they are related. I do think that there is a shift going on. Um, People, advertisers, no matter who you are, are always looking for the best return on their investment. The first place they get, they know they can get a great return on their investment is Google. Um, The keyword, they they just dominate keyword search, um, keyword search ads. And people are, advertisers are more than willing right now, based on the the, the numbers that Facebook is putting up, to continue to give more dollars to them. Um, we're also starting to see it with Twitter. You know the, that the monetization efforts that they're making are exploding as well. So I think we're seeing a shift not only from um, traditional media to you know social media uh, and things like Google, but there's also a shift within the players where the money is going. I think. Uh, I mean, I think Facebook is really growing a lot. I think they're maturing. You know, their ad business itself is just really maturing. And I think th- I think there is a shift too. But you know, kind of along with David saying too, like you know, they are going to be related, and their fates will be you know certainly tied to a certain extent. But I mean, I'm pretty bullish on um, this new Facebook thing they talked about. They're you know testing out this new mobile ad network where they'll display their ads on third party apps, which to me sounds like it has tons of you know incremental upside potential. And right now, the means are you know testing out. But that's just you know that's a huge you know possible move that. You know, ad networks, you know, they can really expand their reach and distribution. By the way, if you read anything, we, the Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday, and if you've read anything about the advertising and the millions of dollars that are being spent, it really does seem like social media and online media are a beneficiary of all of that because, just to use one example, Jaguar, the luxury automaker, has bought a 60-second ad for $8 million. So it's and that $8 million just gets them the time. I don't know what they spent to make the ad. But then on top of that, Jaguar is spending another $5 million to promote the fact that they have a Super Bowl ad. And where are they doing that? Well, yes, they're doing some of that in billboards and, and traditional media. But uh, a lot of it social is, is social media is online as well. Yeah, and, and that's where they're – so that's where they're going to actually get good measure, data to see how effective things are, you know, are people talking about their ads? Uh, you know, is is there is there a connection um, between what they're doing and all of the different advertising channels? It's funny because I I think about when I think about Super Bowl ads, I can't help think about BlackBerry from last year because they <laughs> did they kinda, advertise they, they they teased all this stuff coming up to it like like you're saying like you have the ad then you have the tease to the ad like the right. ad for the ad <laughs> and they're you know building it up like this can be this crazy campaign. And then it runs, and it's just this really weird. I mean, you know, that was okay. It wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't great. But of course, it didn't do anything to actually help the business, which yeah. is what an ad is supposed to do. I, I, so <laughs> I spent all this money on it. I've, I've done a couple of interviews this week with uh, a few of our affiliate radio stations on this topic, and one of the things I've been saying is that even though the big companies with the brands that we all know so well—Pepsi, Coca-Cola, Budweiser. Even though you could make the argument they don't need to advertise because what am I going to learn about any of them that I don't already know? In some ways, they are the best situated because 
they don't have to really worry about moving the needle on sales. For them, it's more about branding. It's more about just reinforcing that brand. Just maintenance. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it's it's almost maintenance as opposed to a BlackBerry or I guess Chobani, the Greek yogurt company, <laughs> is, tr- is trotting out an ad this year. And you look at some of these smaller companies, and that's how I'm going to be watching the ads on the Super Bowl is what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get people to your website? Are you trying to increase sales? Yeah. That sort of thing. Because I – You just want to make me want to drink a Coke right now? Yeah, because the more – because the well, and you know, SodaStream, right? Yeah. SodaStream's got Scarlett Johansson doing uh, a commercial for them. I'm a fan of Scarlett Johansson, but I also know that I'm not going to go out and buy one of these devices. So I, I think as long as the advertisers and the people in charge of them have a clear understanding of what their goal is, they're much better off. Speaking of uh, growing sales, we have to give a shout out to Alibaba. Um, Alibaba yes, sa- sa- sales up 51% year over year. Now that's how you do it, Yahoo. Um, and we also have to remember Yahoo owns a 24, 25% stake in, in Alibaba. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say my favorite tagline is that Marissa Meyer is one of the best hedge fund managers out there right now <laughs> <laughs> with that investment working for her. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, you can always email us. Radio at fool.com is our email address. And an email from Andrew Klein in Chicago. Boy, talk about cold. I mean, I know, yeah. I know it's cold here today, but it's... I don't want to be there. It's not Chicago <laughs> cold. Uh, he writes, longtime loyal listener here. My question is about Apple, uh, which we talked about yesterday. He writes, CEO Tim Cook is quoted as saying on the conference call that Apple is, quote, a big believer in buying back stock. Uh, but then he said that, quote, uh, and that doesn't change today whether the stock goes up or down. Shouldn't a changing share price affect the buyback program? Should Apple shareholders be concerned about the appearance of a sloppy approach to capital allocation? Maybe there's more to this than meets the eye, and their buyback program is savvier than the quote makes it seem. Or maybe I'm reading too much into one soundbite. I'd love to hear from anyone on your panel uh, in reaction to this quote. Thanks for all the great work you do helping us to invest better. Uh, thank you for listening, Andrew. Um, Evan, as the Apple, <laughs> as the person in the room who looks at this company most closely because you're our technology bureau chief on Fool.com, what do you think? So for the Apple's repurchase program, I mean, I think generally speaking, companies like to have more of a disciplined approach where you know they, they want to try to ignore the share price, but of course that will end up affecting how much you should or shouldn't think about it. Uh, last quarter, Apple's average price paid was about 520 bucks a share based on how many they retired and how much they spent. They bought back about $5 billion. Um, but another, more importantly, I guess, what I would point out is not last quarter's activity for Apple's buyback, but last year. So if you look at last year, they bought back $23 billion. But at a certain point in there, they did a $12 billion re- accelerated share repurchase program, which is one of those things where you, you hook up with an invest- investment bank and basically just buy back a ton of stuff as a one-time deal, and then the bank covers it and helps you you know facilitate the transaction. But that, to me, was this sign of like, at the time, which was, I think, last April. Quarter. I was going to say, it was in the spring. Yeah, it, it was you know, middle last year, right? But the point is that Apple saw, I forget what the, exactly the share price was, but certainly it was lower, right? But the point is, again, that Apple saw that price was low, and that was them being opportunistic with this giant accelerated yeah. purchase program. Because that quarter, they ended up buying like sixteen billion, and twelve of it was this accelerator thing, in addition to the regular ones that they did throughout the year, which was about ten billion. So I think that we we know that Apple isn't. It's not beyond Apple to be opportunistic at times. 
who knows if they'll do this type of thing again in the future. Uh, of course, Carl Icahn's in here really trying to get people riled up and get them to do more. Be, you know, tweeting about, <laughs> you know, buying more himself. Yeah, he bought sending, more shares. Sending passive-aggressive letters to the board, <laughs> stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think that Apple... It, Apple, I, I think that they could be opportunity. You know, they could go out and do another one of these big, you know, repurchase programs if they wanted to. Buybacks are, in general, tough for companies to do well. Or I, I guess the way I should put it is that companies have not necessarily demonstrated <laughs> an ability to do this well. In his short tenure as CEO, do you think Tim Cook has demonstrated that he does this well? Well, I mean, when they started it, shares were just. You know, very very weak, and I mean the valuation has always been very low, and tech companies are just always so hard to value, especially when they're as big as Apple is. Right. Uh, and I mean, Carl Icahn actually has a good point with with this because he's when he first started his little crusade, he was saying how you know no one on Apple's board is an investment professional. I mean they they're doing the business fine, the actual, but as far as like when you talk about things like capital allocation and capital structure, that's where you know you really want an investment pro, you know, opinion on this. And you know him and Einhorn and of course other shareholders have been you know, debating all this buyback stuff. But I mean, I mean, I think you know certainly management and the board in general and companies you know may not always have. You know, that's not their primary function is to think about you know the, you know how this buyback is going to affect it. But I, I think that I mean, if I were Apple, I would buy back more right now because I mean, I'm so they've gone through about twenty eight billion of their sixty billion authorizations. So I mean, I think they could afford to accept you know add a little bit more of that and start picking it up because shares are cheap and the company knows it. So I think um, the, the my interpretation of Cook's comment was, you know, if it goes up 5%, down 5%, that really that really doesn't change things. Um, you know, we're, we're going to buy back shares no matter no matter what there. But, uh, you know, I agree with Evan, you know, if, if, if you see some bigger movements in the stock, then yeah, they'll they'll make adjustments. Um, you know, they're 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 hip to the scene, if you will, and and I think they I think they understand. Um, I think they understand. I don't know if pressure is the right word, but they know that uh, their decisions are more visible as a result of Carl Icahn, and so they're going to do it. You know, they're going to do it smart. They're going to they're going to do it. Uh, the but they're going to do it the way they want to do it, and. Um, I think we've seen some of that little back and forth between Cook and, and and Icon, you know, a little bit of relenting on Cook's part. But you know, he's basically saying, "Look, you know, we'll figure it out. We 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 know what we're doing. We've got a good business too." Another point I might also mention is that something else to consider. That Apple is also considering is this whole debt thing because, as we know, they took out seventeen billion dollars in debt last year to help finance this as a way to you know tap their foreign cash without actually tapping their foreign cash. So right. it's not just a s- simple matter of should we repurchase or not? You also have to add this other layer of we're probably going to have to take out more debt to do it, and which I, I think they should do it. But it's just another part of their decision process that we got to be cognizant of that this is on Apple's you know on their radar of you know another thing that they have to weigh out the pros and cons. Uh, the other uh, interesting little wrinkle I think is the, given the just enormous amount of capital they have available. Um, relative to the reinvestment opportunities that they have. So they're spending, you know, billions of dollars, you know, funding innovation, development of new products. There's some CapEx. Um, but it's still, it's it's nowhere near 
<laughs> they have way more money than they need. Oh yeah, uh, Carl Icahn <laughs> called them the, the most overcapitalized country or company in corporate history. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, if let's put it this way, I know if Tim Cook could find a way to invest a bulk of that capital in product development, he would do it. We will wrap up there. Dave Meyer, Evan Nuke, guys, thanks for being here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Ann Henry. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.